Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. He loves podcasts. Let's talk about it. Well, guys, tonight we have Miss Freddie. She's a blues singer. And for the past 25 years, Freddie Stover, a.k.a. Miss Freddie, has been singing the blues throughout her western Pennsylvania town of Pittsburgh. From barrooms and nightclubs to charity events, VFWs, and American Legions, Miss Freddie is often recognized as the town's leading lady of the blues. In fact, She has also been recognized on the national music scene with two Blues Foundation Awards nominations for her 2017 album, Lady of the Blues. Miss Freddie, let's talk about it. Hey, come on now. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. (laughs) Oh, I listened to um, some of your music and I... Freight Train Blues. I When I heard you sing that, and I was just jamming, and I said, yep, at the end, I, I said, yep, let that freight train take my blues away. It was really nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that, you, did you write that? I co-wrote it with a, uh, a friend of mine. He's also a musician out of uh, Huntington, West Virginia, Mike Lazanga. We've co-written some songs in the past, but uh, he had sent me that you know, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what songs I want to put on the album. And I said, you know, I racked his brain. He said, well, remember that one song that, you know, started writing and then uh, Freight Train Blues and then my two co-producers put their spin on it. And there you have it. And uh, it, it's popular. It, it's popular among the audience because it gets people up and dancing. So, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a great song. I, I love it. Now, your rendition of Wade in the Water, I have never, and this is what, I'll be honest, you know, you, we haven't heard every singer who remade a song, right? Right. But your rendition is so modern. I, usually when I hear that song, it's like solemn, sort of, kind of. Right. Yeah. But what you did, you made it. You know, I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> yes, you brought it, you brought it up to today. That's what I, uh, you know, you, you, you really did a good job with that. It was Thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's thanks to, uh, Jay Vernali and Kim Parent. They're both out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when they, uh, Mike Morgan, you know, he, uh, produced it. And, you know, he reached out to me. He's another musician out of Ohio. And he wanted me to pick a spirit, old spiritual. 
And, you know, there was a lot that I knew, but I said, wait in the water has always stuck out um, with me. So ever since I started going to Bible school, you know, Sunday school as a little kid in church. Mm-hmm. And when I was like, um, probably about five or six, seven, I heard the church choir I was going to sing wait in the water. And I was just like, I was mesmerized, <laughs> you know? And so I, I chose that song and then, um, I sent my vocals like how I probably would sing it, you know, acapella. And the next thing I knew, Jay was sending it back to me. And I said, wow, okay. So I recorded up here in the studio. um, And it was, and then Kim put her spin on it with the backup vocals. And I was like, people are like, what choir is that? We like to get them to come in. And I laugh and I said, y'all never heard of like uh, people dubbing their voices, right? I said, that's one person and me. (laughs) <laughs> wow, it was beautiful when the Thank background. You. Yes, everything was so beautiful. So, how has this journey? Like, when did this start? I know you were singing. You said you started out in church, but when did you wake up and say, "My calling is to be a singer"? Um, <laughs> I, I, I it, it didn't happen quite like that. I was singing. Okay. So, I was singing "Solid Night" to my youngest son. Uh, 25 years ago and um, I was doing it acapella and I was dating a gentleman that was in the um, he was a bass player in a blues band and he heard me singing he's like I didn't know you could sing I said I didn't know either and he's (laughs) like well we're looking for a blues singer and you know I hesitated he saw the look on my face I'll never forget that conversation and so I reluctantly went and uh, auditioned for the band and I had stage fright like crazy and um you know, it, it took me a few years. I think when I really wanted to, you know, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do is when I ventured off and went out, you know, struck out on my own for my own band, like several years later and um, been doing it ever since. It, I just, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to do it because my mentor, Big Al, may he rest in peace. Um, he loved blues. That's all he listened to was blues. And uh, he liked that old style blues where he had that left hand on, you know, the keyboard. He get the ham and he start playing. Yes. And he always told me, you know, one day you're going to go beyond this. You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah, right. And then, you know, that day came and I, I, I just wanted to try it to see if I could do it. And here I am. Wow. So you just stepped out on faith. Yep. Stepped out on faith and every, and the only way I could get my gigs was to pick a song that I knew that I really loved that I, you know, and, and it was at last and I would go around to the different venues and, you know, a couple of them heard me because of the former band I was in, but a lot of them didn't hear me. And I, so I said, well, hold on, let me sing something for you. So I started singing at last. Wow. That's a mesmerizing song. Yes, it is. I've gotten people engaged. I've gotten people <laughs> quit fighting and arguing among themselves. I've gotten people it's like, I love you all over again. You thought I loved you before. You know, because I'm not stalking you. I really am loving you, you know. And and it's kind of funny because people come up and they're like, Miss Freddie, when you sang that one Etta James song at last, man, you know, and, and I smile because that's what it's supposed to be about. You know, that's right. It's all about love. That's right. That's exactly right. So I um, I read that you also um, are a two-time cancer survivor. Yes, ma'am. Breast cancer, 98 in 2004. Mm-mm-mm. And a nurse, yep. right? 
been a nurse for 34 years and I'm still too young to retire. I swear I must have started at 12. I'm still a nurse singing. now. Yep. And si- wow. singing. Yep. I sing. I used to gig every weekend until mm-hmm. the pandemic. And now it's I, my busiest time is from April to eh, maybe like September. Then it kind of tapers off. Nice. Yeah, but let's yeah. go back to. I mean, I don't know if you don't if you mind discussing that. Oh no, I don't mind at all because um, a lot of people need to hear that because years and years and years and years ago, I'm mm-hmm. talking about like around my mother's time. They, if you got cancer, they didn't talk about it. They mm-hmm. didn't. They did not talk about it. And I remember my mother being diagnosed with breast cancer the year I finished nursing school. And it was a little devastating because I really didn't know that much about cancer. I'm a brand new nurse, didn't know, but I sure enough learned. And then when I was diagnosed um, and I took care of, you know, patients, men and women who had breast cancer, had to have surgery, had to have chemo, radiation. Um, It it was very interesting how it was found because it was found by accident. It was a fluke. I love my OBGYN. May he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. I had to go to him for one problem. Well, that problem disappeared. And he's like, by the way, when was your last mammogram? Ain't had one yet. So I had to get one because of my family history. And uh, that's how they found it. And when I got the uh, diagnosis, I cried for 24 hours straight. And that's the gospel truth. And people are like, did you sleep or eat? I said, I cried 24 hours straight. Wow. I had to take care of my household. And um, I think I was off like I was on vacation or something. So, Mm. yeah. And then the first time, you know, um, after and the only way I got out of the crime, my mother called me one day and she didn't know what to say. She's like, you know, you got them kids. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about, I'm like, my mother's strong. She's the matriarch of the family. She's right, you know. And so I stopped crying. I went in prayer, you know, and I said, Lord, I'm either coming home to you or I'm on this earth to do whatever I need to do. <laughs> and so I did that. Mm-hmm. And then 2004, I knew it came back again. I went to my surgeon. It's back. It's back in the left breast. How you know? I said, it's back. So he biopsied it in the office. And I had purposely took off the following week knowing that and he called me three days later he's like it's positive for breast cancer when would you like the surgery I said how's your next week calendar so he did it on a Wednesday I went home on a Friday I did a gig that night which I'll never do again and I don't recommend anybody do that at home (laughs) I was so swollen and miserable when I was done because they wanted to can't the venue wanted to cancel and so did the band I said absolutely not Wait, wait, the day of the surgery? No, two days after the surgery, I went home. Right, and you gigged? And I had a gig that night, and the band kept saying, you know, the venue is okay, because everybody, you know, it didn't bother me. Everybody knew I had, you know, cancer, Mm -hmm. um, and I had the surgery. And I said, no, 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 I want to do it. You know, I really want to do it. Oh, don't do that. People (laughs) don't. What about the brain? When you were breathing, was it painful? No, because this time they cut a lot of the nerve endings. So I really didn't have any pain. But what I had was I was so swollen because I was standing up for three hours. I mean, we took a couple breaks, but I mean, and when I got home, I said, oh, man, I said, I won't do that again. (laughs) Wow. But you know what? Maybe look at that. Maybe that was something great that you did because it put your mind in a different state and remember music heals the soul yes it does 
but it taught me a lesson. Don't you ever do nothing <laughs> like that again. Who do you think you are? Uh-huh. And my bandmates couldn't believe it. And then the club owner, she couldn't believe it. She's like, she kept, they kept wanting to baby me. And I said, please stop. I'm okay. You know, I, I had surgery Wednesday. I said, it's not like, you know, they, you know, they amputated my leg or something. I said, they just amputated my breast. Come on. <laughs> and my bandmates are looking at me with the deer in head. Like they're like, they're shaking their head. But, it, but, you know, and then I, that year I had to have chemo. Um, and I used to give chemo and the chemo that I was getting, I had an anxiety attack. Like I, they had to give me something IV because, you know, I kept telling the nurse, wait, stop, don't, don't give it to me yet. And so, um, I did fine. And then stubborn me, like a week later, after you get chemo, your nadir drops, like you reach your nadir, which means like, you're going to reach the peak. Um, if you're going to get sick or not, if your blood count's going to drop, get low. Mm-hmm. Well, mine's did, and I was recording in the studio with my oldest son and my nephew. They were doing a rap album. They wanted a blues singer to do a couple hooks. Mm-hmm. And my nephew said, "You don't look too good, Aunt Freddie." And my son said, "You alright, Mom?" I said, uh, "You know, I'm probably a little tired." You know, I said, "I just had chemo the week before," and I drove myself to the hospital. I said, oh, "I think I'll go now." I drove myself to the hospital. By the time I got there, it was delirious. Temperature was almost 104. Oh. And the people in the ER are looking at me with the deer in the headlight. And I'm telling them the story. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I got admitted. It was there for a few days. I had to get um, antibiotics through an IV. And my surgeon comes in. And my medical oncologist comes in. <laughs> and they're looking at me. And my medical oncologist says, I heard what happened. You know, had you waited 24 hours, you probably could have died. I'm like, yeah, I know. So people don't do that again. <laughs> you want something and, and thank you so much for being so informative. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had um, been around women who had had breast cancer and it seemed like you, I wanted to ask, but I, you don't want to ask. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. And I always wanted to hear the everything and you right. just gave the everything. So I'm right. sure there are people like me that's like, wow you know what i mean yeah yeah getting that diagnosis it's very deep because the first time you know when i cried 24 hours i mean i was angry at the world i was angry at god i was angry at myself because i kept blaming myself i'm like i'm a nurse i do my breast you know exams every month you know when i'm supposed to it's like how did i miss this well you know my OBGYN was very good and he said you have to realize you don't have a lump what you have, the calcification is in the, the milk ducts. So he said, you wouldn't be able to feel, have felt that unless it was so far advanced, you know. Um, the second time I accepted it, I knew it was back and I knew it was gonna be a rough ride that year. Um, How but did it you gave, um, I could tell, like whenever it was that time in a month, like, you know, the breast, it just didn't feel right. And it was a little bit more sore you know, than the other one. Cause I had got a breast reconstruction, but I still had the original breast tissue on the right one. And, you know, I said, there's something wrong. This isn't right. And then there was some clear discharge, you know, coming from there. And I called my best friend and I was joking and she wasn't joking. She, I, I could, you know, if I could have seen her face on, on that, you know, through that phone, I, man, she probably would have melted me with her looks. And I was joking. I said, you know, I know I ain't pregnant, because pregnant women get this. And she's like, that's not funny. She's like, you need to call somebody. 
And I said, oh God, I'm trying to like, and you know, I said, let me, and I, so I called the surgeon and then, you know, you, you heard the rest of the story earlier, but it gave me appreciation of how my patients felt being the one being diagnosed and you actually have to take care of your family mentally. Yes. Because you're um, all, everyone's going through this, even though you're going through that. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Yes, exactly. And uh, I have a new appreciation for that. That's why I try to work very hard with the type of patients that my surgeon deals with. We deal with pancreatic, rectal, and colon cancers. Wow. And um, it's just as devastating. So. Well, I have a question on a yeah. better note. Your influences, when did you, when did these people become your influences? Coco Taylor, Etta James, Sarah Bond, Billie Holiday, Big Mama Thornton, Big Al Levitt, and Bessie Smith. Um, my mother listened to blues and, but her thing was, her, her go-to person was B.B. King. So with oh. that said, <laughs> I'll move forward. <laughs> oh, I love B.B. King, but. My mother, you know, she always said nobody could put a candle to him. I'm like, okay, that's great. But once I joined my first band, Big Al was my mentor and he was the band leader. Mm -hmm. And he told me to start listening to different women. He says not now back then, I don't know who was all, you know, but he told me to start listening to, he says, you sound like Coco Taylor. And I'm like, who is that? You know, so he told me to go research. Now, Etta James, I had heard of Big Mama Thornton, Sarah Vaughn, because uh, my mother did have some of their stuff. Mm -hmm. So I started listening and I, out of all of, the, I mean, I love all of them, the way they commanded the stage, but Coco Taylor really commanded the stage, no matter what was happening. Cause I went on, um, you know, uh, like, years later I would see her on YouTube mm -hmm. but then I start listening you know I got cassette tapes they were out back then <laughs> I got cassette <laughs> tapes and I start listening to her and then when YouTube came into play you know I, I love the way she commanded the stage the way she talked the way she held herself because she reminded, my, reminded me of my mom my mm -hmm. mom didn't sing but it was the way that people respected her it's like Hey, I'm so-and-so, you know, and she didn't have to say who she was. People knew that, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's Miss Coco Taylor, dear. You know, um, I love the way she sang. She sang, you know, she, she put the blues into blues. Your mom. Uh, no, Coco Taylor. Coco Taylor. Oh. Yeah, my mother didn't sing nothing. If she sang, <laughs> I never know. May she rest in peace. I would have never known if my mother sang. But Coco Taylor did that for me. And then Etta James. I like Etta James because she, I call her my uh, rough rider. You know, she she's a rough riding woman when it comes to singing blues, jazz, rock, whatever. Sarah Vaughn, you know, Sarah Vaughn was that jazzy and she did some blues too. But I like Sarah Vaughn because whenever she sang, it came out smooth. And by the time it got to you, it hit you. Nice. You know, Big Mama Thornton, I like what she did. She was like, you know, she sang Ball and Chain, and I love the way she did Hound Dog. I'm like, oh, yeah, go ahead and tell him he's a hound dog. <laughs> she commanded it, and she played harmonica. I can't play harmonica, don't ask me. <laughs> but I like the way she was another, she was a rough riding ready person when she was mm -hmm. on stage. 
So, and Bessie Smith, Bessie Smith was like a queen of her own. I just, I love the way, you know, um, when I got to know who Bessie Smith was, um, I would watch some of her stuff on YouTube, um, you know, and I would listen, actually I would listen to her. And it was very interesting because how they sang, I thought she was more so ragtime jazzy, but that's what they called blues back in her time. Mm. And I loved it. And what I really loved about that blues way back then, they talked about everything in life that we don't like some of what some of the rappers and hip hoppers uh, yes. rap and sing about. I said, y'all realize a lot of music back in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, they were kind of singing about that stuff. <laughs> and not said. only that, the words are, just like when you just mentioned the rappers today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the words, when they go, you know, they go straight out and say exactly what they have to say. Yep. I yep. love it. But you know what I see? You are really booked. <laughs> let's talk about that talk about let's talk about it wow you have so many upcoming shows um they're actually tapering off i did that on purpose <laughs> but you know what before the pandemic i have to tell you mm-hmm. um and i do my own booking and i book around my schedule um but if it's some major like festival or if it's a big community thing locally or if we're going out of state I want to make sure we're all available. And, and 99% of the time, my guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do my own booking. And I and no, before I say this, I will not book for you out there. I won't. I've been asked by several musicians. I love booking. If I could get away with just doing booking and not performing, I would do it. I love to talk and negotiate and make sure everything, you know, last minute and checking on stuff. I love doing that. Um, So I book my own shows. I'm telling you, I, as soon as stuff started opening up, I'm telling you, people were calling me and I said, I'm sorry, I'm booked. People, somebody already called me and I've already started booking for next year. I see. I went. I, I <laughs> you know what? And I love it. Um, what about weddings? Do you get a lot? Do you do a lot of weddings? I used to. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I uh, let me see. In the last before last year, well, actually last January before the pandemic, I did a winter wedding. It was beautiful, and Ooh. they liked the Stevie Wonder theme. So I sang a Stevie Wonder song. It was cool. Um, I've done wedding. I've done a wedding where I'm trying to think what song did I sing? Oh, I had to sing at last, you know, mm-hmm. as they were, as she was coming down, he was standing up there waiting for her. And as the bride was, the bride to be was coming down the aisle and I had to sing that. It was, ah, and was I, I've, I, I've done more wedding receptions, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I've done probably about, I would say in the last five years, probably about two or three weddings. Mm-hmm. And but I've done more wedding receptions and I love doing that because people like the love songs and then they're like, okay, Miss Freddie, we've come to hear you. Are you going to do some <laughs> of your stuff now? Really? I said, y'all know this isn't, you know, you got to ask the bride and the groom and, you know, nine times out of the 10, the groom is, you know, well, I'm not going to mention any names because who knows, <laughs> don't listen to this. The groom said, thank God. It's like, please, Miss Freddie, do something. <laughs> it was the funniest thing, but yes, I, I have done. Yes, I have. Wow. Do you, does any, okay, your kids, any of them have your gift? 
My youngest is on the autism spectrum. Um, my baby, he can't sing a note. God bless him. But he can play harmonica, which is very interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my oldest, he doesn't do it anymore unless he started. He is, he, he, he's a rapper. Okay. So when he was young, younger, he wrote songs, which he's a great songwriter. So I was trying to get him to write songs for me. He's like, eh, mom, that's different. I said, what's so different about it? Um, so he has the gift to rap and rhyme. Mm-hmm. And my youngest has the gift to play harmonica oh, with, so with direction. Yeah, yeah. I would like to do something, a family thing, um, one day that we produce a song together. My grandson, mm-hmm. uh, he was learning to play sax, but he's now into playing football, baseball, basketball, wrestling. I'm like, you ain't got time to even look at your parents. <laughs> so, you and you know, those fingers, right? I know. So, you know, I would like to do something with my family one day. We just do one song and I release it as a single. How many singers in your family? Like, is it is it just you? Like, can you say like, oh, well, my aunt Jessie's a singer, and is it just you? No, I have a cousin. He's got a beautiful voice. Woo, he can sing. He actually sang on my uh, did background vocals on my um, uh, my latest single, something to believe in. So I have a cousin on my dad's side that he's the singer. My brother used to sing in the city choir when he was younger, but he's not he grew out of that I guess I don't know how you grow out of that um one of my my cousin on my dad's side same person a singer his grand one of his granddaughters she's got a beautiful voice I heard her singing I'm like child get away from Pittsburgh (laughs) go to New York go out to Cali do something you know get on the voice anything uh so there are singers and I heard and I don't know how true this is so this is my Mm -hmm. disclaimer I don't know people that somehow my dad's side they're related they are related to one or two of the Cadillacs Oh, really? Yeah, and I've never found that out because, uh, well, my aunt is still alive. She's 102. She's the last living sibling of my dad. She's the oldest of the siblings. Bless her. Yeah, she knew all the family who went where. And I know one of my dad's sisters could sing, but she never pursued it. So, and on my mother's side, um, I think it's just me, my brother. Um, There were growing up in church. I don't know if my mother sang in a choir, but I knew she had cousins that could sing. So, and I actually met one of her first cousins years and years ago and he sang in the choir. So yeah, there, there's music on both sides of the family. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Keep on going. So you will never stop singing. Girl, no. I will be looking up, you know what? And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be funny, y'all, but I'll be in a casket and all of a sudden I sit up and I start singing. And you know how many folks going to pass out and they're going to call 911. That's how long I'm going to be singing. Always sing, but I know one thing. People have to... Wait in the Water is on your main website, right? Yes. Guys, you have to go to... When Miss Freddie, she's going to now promote her website. You have to go there and listen to Wade in the Water. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> share, share Miss Freddie with the people your information. 
Absolutely. You all can go to uh, my website, missfreddy.com. That's M-I-S-S. And then Freddie is spelled F-R-E-D-D-Y-E. Go there. Go to Spotify. Add me to your playlist. You can find me on iTunes. You can find me on YouTube. Um, I heard through the grapevine Pandora, but I know Apple Music. Uh, so, you know, find me. Add me. Listen. You know, go to CD Baby, get a CD, you know, download my digital stuff. You know, that would be great. Yes. It's beautiful. Thank and, you. Um, you have a gift, you have a talent. Um, even though you had the little stumbling block, because that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. You keep on going because that was just all it was. It was a hurdle. You jumped over it twice and you'll never see it again. Right. You're absolutely right. And um, my motto, and I have a tattoo and it? with the old microphone oh. and, and my motto is what I do is not mine to keep. Nice. And um, so I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And all my shows in the last several years, you know, it was a wake up call for me. Um, I do all my shows as if it would be my last show. Oh, and wow. I, I, I keep that in my head because I'm like, I want you to remember that certain thing I said or, you know, that that one love song that I sang that, you know, it was so emotional. We all were crying together. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's important to me because it, it's not about me. It's not. It's really about I want people to let music flow through their spirit. Mm. Yeah. And. If you don't like blues, no, I don't care what kind of music it is. If you like gospel, rock, classical music, I love classical piano. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, no matter what you listen to, mm-hmm. really listen to it and let it flow through you. That's right. And did you get that message from Miss Freddie, guys? Well, thank you for listening. To Mohani Love's podcast, let's talk about it and never forget that I love you.